You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, back with Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani, talking all things Vikings, previewing Sunday's home game at noon against Detroit. Uh, If you like what you're hearing, like, follow, subscribe. You can find us on any podcast platform. Make sure you are following, subscribing, so that every episode is showing up in your phone upon its release. Dane, a little bit more on this offense. What do you think it has to do? Like, how productive do you think this offense has to be? How big does the bounce back have to be if the Vikings are going to win on Sunday? It has to be potent because I think it's going to be a shootout. I think this kind of is what we're going to talk about the defense but like the defense isn't going to be able to stop the lions right with regularity i don't think and that has a lot to do with the defense being pretty porous but also some to do with the fact that the lions have legitimate weapons now that i think are going to be hard to to defend against so the, the vikings offense needs to be able to score Seven points isn't going to be enough, like you had, like you saw against the Eagles. And frankly, I don't know if twenty-three points is going to be enough, which 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 is what you saw against the Green Bay Packers. I think you're going to need to put up twenty-eight, thirty-five. I don't know. I think it's going to be a pinball game that you're going to need to see this offense be able to respond. If if Detroit, you know, marches right down the field and scores a touchdown, or say you're up a touchdown. Give your give your team some some cushion. Give give the defense some insurance. Make it a fourteen point game. I think this game is going to be proof positive that like field goals do not win. I think touchdowns are going to win the game. If you are close, I think you go for it. I think you you assume that Detroit's going the other way and scoring a touchdown. I keep giving Detroit's offense a lot of credit, but largely because the, the Vikings defense probably stinks this year. I think there was enough writing on the wall in week two. And it looked so much like last season. And by the way, we don't know if Harrison Smith is going to play because he's still in concussion protocol. I think there's a chance this Vikings defense is going to get shredded on Sunday. So the offense needs to win the football game for them. Yeah, and you mentioned Detroit's offense is saying it's more about the Vikings defense. Like, it's just two weeks. But Detroit is third in scoring in the NFL right now uh, behind just mm-hmm. Buffalo and, and Kansas City. Like, this is... An offense that looks great. Uh, Amonor St. Brown looks unstoppable. And we'll talk a little bit more about him later. But, like, he is legitimately looking like a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL just for what he's done over the past eight, nine games of his still very young NFL career. DeAndre Swift looks like one of the best running backs in football. Like, get on the ball, and he's incredibly explosive. Can make plays out of the running game and the passing game. Uh, Jared Goff, like, people made fun of him for so long. And, and frankly, like, it's in some ways it's nice to see him putting together a nice season because like this guy went to the Super Bowl, uh, yeah, and, and Sean McVay got all the credit for it, uh, but he led an incredibly high-powered offense. And then the final year there, like people were pointing at his poor play there, he had like a terribly injured thumb that he was trying to play through. Um, mm-hmm. So now we see like yeah, okay, last year they struggled, they had no weapons. Like DeAndre Swift missed a lot of games. Amandre St. Brown was barely playing for a big chunk of the start of the season. Like 
And now you see with weapons like, yeah, Jared Goff can make an offense go. And their offensive line, even while banged up right now, is really good. So there's a lot of things to like about this Lions offense. And it's going to create a big challenge for the Vikings defense. And you're right. It showed a lot of holes last week. It showed a lot of the same concerns that we just had um, coming into the season that it was easy to maybe say we're patched up because of one week against Green Bay. Um, where Aaron Rodgers seemed to spend most of the day being disappointed in his receivers. Like, but yeah, there are concerns. And they're the same concerns we thought. Um, it's the secondary looks kind of brutal. Um, and people want to talk about, you know, on telling what are you doing, like play more press coverage, like, you know, get into the receivers' grills, um, challenge AJ Brown, uh, you know, challenge Devonta Smith. And it's like, do you see the corners? Like they literally pulled Cam Dantzler because yes, well, he made tackles in the running game. Uh, yes, well, he was you know, made one nice play on Dallas Goddard on a play that he wasn't really covering, like kind of jumped into the play. Like in his actual coverage, we saw some like clips of that on Twitter. He looked terrible. Um, and that's kind of who he is. He's not a great cornerback. And Patrick Peterson is not a great one-on-one cornerback anymore. So like, what do you want him to do? Um, it's a personnel thing, which is kind of an all season thing. And I know it's easier to yell at the defensive coordinator, but they're probably putting together the best game plan that they think they have for a secondary that is not good. Right. And I don't want to talk really anymore about the Monday night game, but like there was a play that that Cam Dantzler made. I don't know. Like I wish we could hear in like the headsets or in like the the coaches headsets in the defensive rooms or whatever, what the meetings looked like. Cam Bynum got all the all the you know, he was the goat of the big long touchdown to Quez Watkins down the seam. It might have been quarters coverage. I've seen like different breakdowns on Twitter about like it I think Kevin like O'Connell accurate. called it quarters coverage after the game. Like we had a so break. like like while that is quarters and like that means Bynum still should be over the top on that. Like, but it also means that that's where Cam Dansler Cam Dansler bit on 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 the dig route, and it looked like Cam Bynum thought like I I think Cam Dansler is going to take this route, and he just didn't. He he bailed off of it. And obviously, if you're the deep safety, you're going to look bad. And it sounds like Cam Bynum also made a mistake there, but I think Cam they should Dantzler both be there. It's the only right. deep route on that play. I, I, they yeah. should both be there. I, right. I think Cam Danzler's get skating by there, and, and and maybe that's why he gets pulled for a Caleb Evans. There was okay. a lot of there were a lot of plays throughout the game where it's like you you can't defend. No, that, the play before like, he got pulled, there was another one where he got lit up for like forty yards because he just was he was just literally lost. Like he wasn't guarding anybody um in, in the area of the field. You could tell like he didn't really know what he was doing. And that's gotta make coaches pull their hair out. And Cam Dancer was pulled like one play later. Um and so yeah, like while you look and it's like, Well, I don't get it. He seems like he's tackling well and it looks like oh Cam Dancer's playing really well. The coaches are probably like, This dude's not doing what he's supposed to be doing at all. Like we we've gotta get him off the field. <laughs> Um, and that can also make your, your, what looks like, you know, soft coverage, which it is it's a soft coverage scheme, but it makes it look worse when guys aren't even doing what they're supposed to be doing. So like, what are you hanging your hat on the secondary right now? Like, I also would be like, let's just try not to get crushed and hope the other team makes a mistake. The only thing I would say, like, I think Vikings Twitter, when it like pops off like this and it gets like this, this idea in its head and it's like, we're going to slam at Donatel because we should not be in shell coverage. The one thing I will agree with with Vikings Twitter on is like send some pressure. Like yeah, it's okay. Yeah, like you yeah. don't need you can blitz. Like go cover zero blitz. Like yes, you don't think your corners can can defend for that long? Well, make Jalen Hurts throw the ball before he's ready to throw it. Same with this week. Blitz Jared Goff. Like that's yep. okay. You've got to pressure Jared Goff. Uh, and and I think like there is like a 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Like a temptation almost to like say, well, we have Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith and they should be able to get home and we don't need, we can drop linebackers in coverage and we don't need to send the corner blitz because we have those guys who are so talented. Buffalo, like Leslie Fla- Leslie Frazier, like familiar face, they have the third highest pressure rate in the entire league. And I think they blitzed three times the entire season or something. There was some crazy stat I saw yesterday, but you don't have the puff, the personnel that Buffalo does. It's okay to send some blitzes just because you have two dominant rush ends does not mean they've only blitzed one time. Oh no, no. Something I want to just off of that. You're talking about these dominant edge rushers and I have a point I really wanted to make, and this leads right into it. ESPN self Seth Walder puts out a stat about pass rushing yesterday. Um, it's about double teams and and then pass rush win rate. So there's the chart. We thought that Daniel Hunter would open things up for Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith is seeing like three times as many double teams as Daniel Hunter is. Daniel Hunter is seeing about the fewest number of doubles of anybody in the NFL. And his win rate is low. <clears throat> he's not been good uh, through two weeks. He's not getting doubled and he's not dominating the game. He has one sack. Um, you barely saw he, he like barely noticed him in the Eagles game. Um, he's he's not winning. Um, and I don't know if maybe he, we can say he's just not quite the same player after the injuries. Uh, he doesn't look like the same player through two weeks. So maybe the Vikings have to start accounting for that because opponent opposing teams, according to double team, right. Are viewing Zadarius Smith as the threat. Um, and that's who they need to take out. And, and in game two in Philly, it worked. Um, okay. Limit Zadarius Smith, make Daniel Hunter beat us. He did not. So that's something you have to start counting for too. Like, I don't know if you have two dominant edge rushers, like Daniel Hunter is going to have to prove that he's still in that group. I think. Yeah, and so, like, when you look at just the entire defense as a whole now, like, you have to, I think, if you're at Donatel, think about blitzing more. And that might be the game plan this week, right? Like, I don't think you just t- turn the entire, like, there's something about adjusting mid-game like they could have done on Monday night, and there's something about, like, well, this is what we've worked all week in practice to prepare for this team, and frankly, our defense is not that good to adjust on the fly, like, like, the Twitter, you know, the armchair quarterbacks at home sitting on their couch want them to do. This I get it. Game, though, I, I understand with the fans. You just wanted to try something when it's not working. So I understand that. Um, but I don't think the solution is always <clears throat> as easy as you think. Right. It doesn't just, it's not just like, okay, we'll play press man and blitz. Well, like I, if they did that, I, I'm pretty sure that Cam Dancer would lose to AJ Brown and they'd give up a long touchdown similar to they did against Quez Watkins. But sticking with the Detroit game this week, I, I think – Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be a problem. He's he's proved to be a problem for the last eight, nine games of NFL play. I think it was like the final six weeks of the regular season last year and the first two weeks of the regular season this year. He has eight catches. He, he had another eight catch performance, uh, you know, on, on last Sunday. The only players with eight catches in as many consecutive games as Amon Ross St. Brown in NFL history, he has tied Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas. So he's he's put himself in some rarefied air with just his ability to one get open, two catch the ball, and three just be a consistent threat. When when I think 
he's gotten to the point where opposing teams know, okay, this guy's going to get the ball and they still can't stop him. So I think like Amara St. Brown is going to be someone who's going to get the ball on Sunday. Can the Vikings stop him? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think Patrick Peterson can match up with him. I don't think Cam Dantzler can match up with him. I think you're going to need a lot of help on, on someone like Amon Ross St. Brown because he's looking more and more like a dominant receiver every day. Um, he just is. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL, and I stand by that. And anybody wants to push me on it, great. He has nine touchdowns in his last eight games. Um, he's had 10-plus targets in all of those last eight games. Um, he's went sub 86 yards in two of those games um, otherwise he's been above that number uh, he's never been below so the week one he had 64 yards that's the lowest yardage total he's posted in those last eight games remember justin jefferson had 46 yards like receivers have bad games monitor st brown doesn't have bad games uh he's pretty lethal in the rushing game took one 58 yards uh last week against washington like He's just good. He's Dominant. Just good. I mean, he's literally the only receiving weapon in Detroit where you're like, okay, we got to take him on or St. Brown out. And yes, Jared Goff throwing to him. And I, I like, I don't mind Jared Goff at all. Like I've said, but it's not like it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers, and nobody can take away like some of these games in, in this stretch uh, where he's been posting these 90 yards, hundred yards. He had Tim Boyle throwing him the ball. Uh, Jared Goff was out for some of these games um, and it didn't matter. Like he, he has been unstoppable. He doesn't get talked about enough as like this dude is establishing himself as elite, uh, a 2021 fourth round pick. And yet literally it looks like one of the most dominant players in football. Um, and so that's going to be a name you're going to see a lot on Sunday. And Minnesota's going to have to try to find an answer. Uh, but nobody else has, frankly. Yeah, it, I don't think anyone can stop him. Uh, no one's proven to be able to stop him yet. And this isn't just like I think for like a, towards the end of last season, you might have just said like, okay, like this is a guy that's just flying under the radar. Like the Eagles had a guy named Travis Fulgham like two years ago, like who he put up like two 12 catch performances. I only know this because I had him in fantasy football that year. And everyone's like, oh my God, Travis Fulgham might be good. I think some people thought that's, that is who a Monroe St. Brown or like that kind of like player type is. Like, oh, there's some random fourth round receiver kind of showing up out of nowhere. Well, he's not. He's not some random guy. He is him. He is the guy. Like, he is a guy who can just dominate a game. And you're seeing more and more of that each week. And frankly, I think you'll see a lot of that this week. Like, I don't know who the Vikings have that can stop him. What's so interesting about this, and it's almost like it it's it's funny and like ironic. Um his entire career really got started because against the Vikings and his first career touchdown uh, came mm-hmm. on the last play of the game. In on, Cam on Cam On Cam Dantzler. Yep. Where uh, Detroit wins its first game of the year on, on the final play of the game. I'm St. Brown. That was his first career touchdown that started this entire streak. He has not been stopped ever since then. So Cam Dantzler started a St. Brown's hot run and really started, got his career on fire. And we'll see if Cam Dantzler, although I don't know if he'll be matched up too often on him can play a role in somehow slowing down this train. Uh, we'll come back. We'll probably, you know, talk a little bit more about him on or St. Brown. Cause I don't know what else you can say because it literally is the one guy Minnesota really has to try to stop on Sunday um, right after the break.